Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Shifted Radio. I'm Mike. Today we have a special guest. His name is David Wrigley. Now David is a current professional hockey player playing in Germany. And he's also running a business simultaneously. David is 37 years old and he's from Aurelia, Ontario. He went to Mercyhurst College and got on a scholarship. And he has a Bachelor in Science in pre-physical therapy. David has played professional hockey on three different continents and has won championships on all three. Listen in today to some of his experiences and how getting a six-game suspension in the second league in Germany changed his life for the better. We're pleased to welcome David to the show. Welcome to the show, Dave. How you doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. I appreciate it. Uh, you're actually the first guest, I believe, who's been on the same time zone as me. So that's kind of awesome. It makes it a little easier for you, I guess, and everyone else. Yeah, I mean, well, for just the, the coordinating of it, I appreciate you uh, setting all this up and uh, being able to be on the show. It's great. I'm really excited to have you. No, thanks. I've been uh, listening to a few of your other ones, and it uh, seems like you have some uh, interesting people, and hope I can add some value as well. Absolutely. I, I have no doubts that you will be able to, for sure. So I guess we'll give a little bit of context to the listeners. Um, we don't know each other uh, too much, just a little bit through Instagram connection, but uh, we were put into uh, contact through a mutual friend, uh, Blake Parlett. Um right. So, uh, yeah, how how do you know, Blake? Uh, well, we used to be uh, training buddies um, a bunch of years back. Uh, he's from Bracebridge, Ontario, and I'm from Aurelia, so it's not too far away. And we um, we connected with a, with a guy named Mike Torkoff, um, uh, who started a little company called Next Level Performance. Um, he's a police officer, but he um, played pro hockey in North America and Europe as well, and he um, got involved uh, with fitness. Um, and uh, he tur- he turned his detached uh, two car garage into uh, into his gym, and it evolved along the way. And it's he's been doing really well. And uh, me and me and um, Blake uh, worked out together there for a few years, and had a few laughs in the summer, and. Uh, sweated a little bit and it was uh, good to get to know him and kept in touch along the way so yeah he's a he's a great guy he says a lot of good things about you too yeah no that that's amazing yeah blake is just a he's just a gem he's just a tremendous <laughs> he's just a tremendous guy like he can't yeah. say he can't say enough good things about that oh, yeah. guy he's just such a nice guy he works really hard and just Absolutely. always there for the boys. Yeah. So. He had he had a terrible mashup mix though. He was the guy putting the music on. <laughs> Other than that, I, I don't have anything bad to say about him. That's okay. Well, when he came over to our gym, uh, don't worry, he was met with a uh, uh, longtime DJ and myself. So he he was in good hands. Okay. Good. Yeah. That's smart. <laughs> So you uh, you train with him now in the summer. You live close to him. Was he in Bolton now? Yeah, he's right? in. Yeah, he's in. Uh, he's in Bolton, and I live up uh, up just uh, maybe like fifteen minutes away from him. And uh, we train together in the summertime. Oh, but great, uh, it's been it's been good. Yeah, it's been great to get to know him. We we met uh, in Hartford in Connecticut playing oh, together. Great. 
So uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. So um, so we gave the uh, the listeners a little bit. Uh, well, basically just like a Cole's notes uh, version of yeah. uh, of you. But uh, I would like to open the floor and give you a little bit of an opportunity to explain uh, who you are and where you come from and uh, how you got to where you are now. Okay, that's not an easy task. It's a long story. <laughs> I'll try and keep it uh, brief. But uh, so I, I, I moved to Aurelia when I was about nine. Uh, before then, I was uh, in a small town uh, called Barwick, which is out near Thunder Bay, closer to Fort Francis, Ontario, but way, way, way west. Uh, mm-hmm. Town of 115 people. Oh. That that old uh, small town <laughs> hockey story, and, uh, and it was a uh, it was a great little place, and we had a. The typical story, outdoor rink across the street that uh, started my hockey career, started skating when I was one. Whenever I could stand up, my parents had me out there. and Back and forth, back and forth all day long playing hockey. Um, and then uh, my my dad got a job teaching in Aurelia, so we moved over here. And it was, uh, it was a little bit better because the organized sports were more abundant and I, I enjoyed playing soccer baseball everything else so it was kind of nice uh to be in a little bit more uh <laughs> a city field yeah enjoy the the wonders of that with the hockey and everything else so i played my minor hockey in aurelia uh then went to, and played one year with the huntsville wildcats the it was their first year in the tier two um played one year there then came back and played for the coaching carriers for for three years which was in uh, Arama, which is the Aurelia team. It's Arama is where the casino is there across the mm-hmm. across the lake. So played there for a couple of years and got a scholarship to play uh, in the U.S. and played at uh, Mercier's College for four years. And then uh, my last year there, I, I got a chance to go play actually in United League, which is much different now. I don't even know if, uh-huh. it, if, it, exi- if it exists anymore. But uh, I, uh, I don't know if it does anymore, but yeah, that's... It changed a, a bit after I, I was there, but I uh, I went there and um, had a great coach actually, Todd Nelson. I think he's yeah he's still there. I think in Grand Rapids. Um, yeah, I played for Nelly too. Yeah, I did you? With, uh, yeah, when he was with uh, Atlanta, I was with uh, with them, and he was at the Chicago Wolves for a while too. Exactly. He had a he had a, a stint in Florida with the NHL team, and he. Uh-huh. He was in Edmonton for the last uh, few games there a few years back, too, as mm-hmm. the head coach. Yeah, um, great guy, great guy. Unbelievable coach, great guy. I learned a lot from him, and we had a good team. We had his brother, Jeff Nelson, who was an outstanding hockey player, uh, and a few other top guys. So that league was, was okay. So I, I was driving back and forth, and fly, they were flying me in and trying to do schoolwork <laughs> and everything else. Um, but it was kind of a good experience to, to get the feet wet with pro hockey. And then after that, I went to – Grand Rapids camp because of the connection with, with Muskegon. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't make the team and went to Muskegon. So I played my, my first field pro year in Muskegon for Nelly. Uh, did really well and didn't get a chance to move up. So I went to the East Coast League after that and I went to Victoria. Actually, mm. actually it's kind of a, a, a not a funny story, but it was actually awful. I, uh, I went to Manitoba Moose Camp. And then I was signed for, in Victoria, so I got in the car with all my gear, right? Guitar and clothes and everything. Go to camp. Ended up getting a concussion three or four days in. Couldn't play anymore. Brutal. Yeah, and then I got a call in to the, 
with the GM and coach or whatever, and they say, sorry, Dave, but obviously go to go to Victoria, and then hopefully we'll see you back here. So I'm like, all right, a little disappointed. I go back to the hotel, and I see empty uh, bags all over the, like uh, duffel bags all over the street. I'm like, those look like mine. So I go in, and my car got broken into in the uh-huh. in the underground Brutal. Park, in the underground parking. Somebody smashed my windows. I had my whole life in there, so my computer, guitar, clothes, everything. Was so I just got canned from the team, concussion, and then I had to go get my car window fixed so I could drive four days <laughs> to Victoria. Oh boy! So that was fun. Uh, ended up out in Victoria. Loved it there. Actually, what a city. Um, took care of us well. It was when the Salmon Kings were there. I think they're an OHL team now, or mm-hmm. w, WHL team. Sorry. Yes, yes. Um, and then got traded to uh, Pensacola, Florida, where I finished the year. Um, total, total opposite, obviously. Yeah, opposite I, coast there. <laughs> I, I put a lot of miles in on my on my little uh, Honda Civic at that point. Yeah, those things go forever, though. So it's yeah, cool. it was good. It was fun, <laughs> and uh, but it was okay there. We had a terrible team, but we. Uh, I had some free golf and the the benefits that a lot of those uh, warm city uh, teams yeah, have. Perks, perks, yeah, perks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was great. We didn't win too many games, but I golfed a lot, so that was okay. <laughs> um, and then after that, I had buddies in Europe, and I was debating whether I get another shot uh, at the North American Hockey Dream or I move on. So I decided to move on and got an offer and play in Germany. Uh, with Land Landsberg, they were uh, a lower budget team in the second league but i really like the coach and the the recruiter uh larry mitchell and uh mm-hmm. so i played there and uh did really well but around christmas time as as it happened before a little bit more often than now the team told us guys you got the top whatever paid players not that we were making much but they said that we don't have enough money to go the rest of the season <laughs> right so oh yeah uh i'm sure you've heard of that before oh they, yeah and they said uh, okay well you four guys gotta leave um or else <laughs> we can't we can't pay you so luckily enough larry mitchell was one of the guys that said okay i'll leave too which was strange he was the coach but he got an opportunity to go to the del in augsburg and so he took it and uh he offered to bring me in with him so i actually went to augsburg with him halfway through the year so i went from the second league to the first league and played the rest of the year out there um yeah it was kind of up and down team i was an extra import so i wasn't obviously accepted in with the rest of the imports as Mm -hmm. well because i was taking guys spots sometimes and then my game started to drop and didn't play so well but after that i got an opportunity to go play in uh, munich Um, oh what a town Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, you spent some time there? Have you been in Munich? Uh, I've been to Oktoberfest, and I've just been there yeah. just playing. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. It's, <laughs> it's a, a great, great place. It's a great city. So I played there two years in the in the second league there, and then we, we won the championship, moved up to the DL, and then I played two years uh, with the DL team in Munich. So I was four years in Munich, and I uh, absolutely couldn't be happier to spend four years playing in, in a city like that great organization um and then the last year i was kind of getting a little sour and uh i wasn't playing at my best and i wasn't too happy so i was looking for something different <laughs> and i got a <laughs> got an opportunity to go play in japan for a year um so i went over and played for the tohoku free blades 
Wow. Yeah. And that was, yeah. <laughs> that, that was an experience for sure. Was, uh, at that time, there was four teams in, the, in Japan and then two teams in Korea and one in China near Shanghai. So got a lot of experience, uh, worldly experience, hockey experience, life experience, whatever you want to call it. That's um, a lot. Yeah, and it was it was good. We actually ended up winning the championship there, which was you know kind of it's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, for um, sure. To to at least uh, you know we got something out of it and enjoyed it all. And then after that, I was pretty close to quitting hockey. Um, and then I was just looking. I said maybe I'll play one more year. So I looked around in Germany and got a got a good offer, a good job in Biedingheim, which was always a, a top team in the second league when I was playing in Munich. So I said, sure. I heard good things about it. So I went there and just fell in love with hockey again. Uh, we had a, a really good, smart players coach who brought even the, a better performance out of me and uh, great players, lots of North American. We had a lot of Canadian Germans. Um we I played there for four years. We were in the finals every year. Won a championship another year, and uh, and by then I was 37 years old. So I said, uh, "How long am I going to keep playing this uh, beautiful game?" But um, then I was going to go to England to go play because uh, a lot of these guys, the older guys, are going to England now and getting yeah. a full school package. So that was kind of interesting to me. Um, talked to a few teams there and then all of a sudden my phone rings and it's a coach, um, that had, that I've known before, not too well, never played for him, but he got a job, um, coaching a, a third league team, overleague team here in Germany <laughs> in a team in Landshut, And they had always been in the second league They're in the, in the DEL years before that, but they're <laughs> a really good organization. Uh, they offered me a contract a couple years before that and, um so and they offered me a two-year deal pretty good package plus a chance to do some schooling on the side so nice uh i couldn't say no to that my my girlfriend's german and lives not too far from here so it was uh it was a tough one to, to pass up my last two years and then hopefully be able to move on after that so that's where i am now um first half of my first year of that contract and i'm loving it here it's a great city and the hockey is the hockey. It's not the same as, as the other uh, years, but uh, we have a good team and we have a chance of moving back up to the second league. So that's exciting. Yeah, that that seems like uh, – that was a good story. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it seems like you've been to a few places and seen a few things. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, not many people that you talk to really have played, uh, first of all, in Germany, but uh, like overseas uh, for the most of our listeners who are listening – um, back home in North America, yeah. uh, but a lot of them, for sure, don't know too many people have played in uh, in Asia. So that's uh, that's really interesting. Um, the uh, the Asian league, I, it, when you were talking about it, like it just you had the <laughs> sense that you you know it was a different experience. Could you give a little more context to what that was like? Sure. It's. I mean, when I when I was going from North America to Germany, you have, uh, you know, you're a little nervous at at beginning. At the beginning, you you know, are they going to have the food? Are they going to have this? Are they going to, you know, what's your life going <laughs> to be? But then you come to Germany, and everything is like it's easy, right? You you yeah. You were here, and it's they have everything you need. And then, but going to Japan is a different story. Um, <laughs> so I, I was a little more nervous, but I was more excited. You know, I'm pretty open. I, I mean, I think hockey players are pretty open with travel and, and new mm -hmm. cultures and new cities and new people. So I was okay, and we got there, and uh, 
um and it was really cool it was it was a different experience like um i was in a town maybe if i was playing in a different city i would have maybe tried to go back and play more but i was in a a city about a 10-hour car ride north of tokyo on the main on the main island with the bullet train that goes whatever a million miles an hour it was (laughs) three hours uh train ride one way so it's 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 pretty far. Plus, it's about a oh, about hundred fifty one way to get to Tokyo. So it's a three hundred ride if you want to go there and back. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like you're going to do that every weekend or every time. Yeah, yeah. So, but my town was big, two hundred fifty thousand. Kind of like a, a harbor town uh, right on the ocean. Had a great beach when it was warm. When we got there, it was fantastic. Um, but there was really not much going on in the city. There, it wasn't uh, like a university town, or there wasn't like a lot of things to do. Me, me, and a couple of the guys that well, we had two imports, and me and the one import, uh, Justin Fletcher, American, him and his wife, we would just go to Starbucks and have a coffee and and hang out and talk. That was kind of our to do list thing. We had it really wasn't anything else to do. So day to day life was was a little bit different than what i was used to in munich you know yeah for sure that's uh that's probably a big change culture shock and and then yeah. and then on top of that you got to play the hockey and uh yeah. is that is the that league at that time because it was uh 2012 2013 yeah. was it uh what was the hockey quality like because i know that the asian hockey league has probably gotten significantly better o- over the years i mean you can see that you know, I think it's South Korea, right? They're, yeah. I mean, they're in the Olympics. So, yeah. Uh, what what was that that hockey like at that time? Uh, it was fast. It was fast, and it was it was pretty good. It was pretty skilled. Um, I mean, the fundamentals are not the same as as coming from Canada. We're we're taught uh, a certain fundamental structure when we're as soon as we get a hockey stick in our hands and. Uh, we have a million coaches that have played themselves and really understand they're 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 trying to build the sport um from the ground up and it starts with with good coaching from a young age and i mean they're it's a relatively new sport there so um but other than that they're fast they're skilled they are getting a lot better um i, I thought it was pretty good hockey it was it was it was uh i mean by no means coming from the dl to that league was it a cakewalk or anything you know like mm-hmm. it, was, it was good hockey it was you had to work hard you battled um and there was only a couple imports on each team so it wasn't like in, in germany where in the dl you're playing against nine other imports plus yeah german canadians or american canadians or whatnot um so yeah. it, it was it was a good it was a good league lots of travel lots of downtime um but uh I had a Canadian Japanese coach, uh, which was great. Um, so it was easy to communicate. We had an assistant coach um, who was Canadian as well. He's actually coaching in Denmark, J.P. McCallum. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's still coaching in, in Denmark now. And he, uh-huh. was, he was a really good, um, you know, outlet for us. And uh, and, and his wife was our yoga instructor. And so nice. we, we had a certain, for the North Americans, we had a certain amount of uh whatever comfortability or yeah familiarity yeah for sure we had we had a system in place where we could feel comfortable and we had people communicating with us because not many people spoke english um yeah that would be a big hurdle for sure (laughs) 
it was kind of crazy. Every time you go on the road, you would have a, a forward locker room and a defense locker room. I've never seen this before. <laughs> and uh, the two imports, other than me, were defensemen. So I was stuck by myself <laughs> in a locker room. We had a couple guys that had been to North America before that spoke pretty good English, but the rest of them really didn't speak that well English. <laughs> so it was pretty quiet at intermission between games, uh, which was a little bit different, but yeah, you got used to it and it is what it is. But yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. We, uh, we played uh, usually four games at a time. So we would travel, play four games, and then travel again and play four games. So Okay. There was a lot of downtime in between uh, road trips. You could go. We went uh, 31 days or something without a game at one wow. point. Oh. So it's just wow. a, that's a long. Stretch. Yeah, yeah. Think about that when you're and we only had weekends off, so you'd get Saturday, Sunday off, and then the rest is uh, business as usual, practicing and working out and everything else. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's. It's hard to stay in it when you're practicing for four weeks with nothing going on. With no games. Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> with the Olympic break now, you know, yeah. there's, a, there's a huge long break. Uh, I mean, I yeah. know you, you're probably feeling it over in Germany. Like, you see a lot of the guys uh, in the DL, they're on, like, break yeah. now. But it's a long, long break. But I can't yeah. even imagine what that would be like during the season to just it's... not be playing for a month. <laughs> It was crazy, and part of it was because of a national team break, too. I think our schedule just – we got unlucky that we had a week off before and a week off after or something. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Of the national break. So, And we had seven or eight guys or six – I don't know how many. We had a, a good amount of guys that were on the national team as well, a Japanese national team. So mm-hmm. we were – we we were playing like summer shinny for practices because we only had about 12 guys or whatever. Um, so it was different, but – yeah, a friend of mine plays in the in that league now, and uh, he's finished for the year. He's done already. <laughs> That's incredible. They, yeah, he plays in the Korean team, and they didn't make playoffs. And I guess they scheduled the the league so that around the Olympics for sure this year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the playoffs will be afterwards, but the guys that aren't making playoffs, they get going a world tour until the summertime. That's great. That's uh, that's crazy. That's yeah. uh, it's so different over there the way they think. But you know what? I, you can you can get the sense that they're they're starting to build something. I mean, I see you can see it right. There's a lot of you know a lot of focus on you know the those Asian leagues, and um, yeah. they're starting to spend more money on uh, getting some good quality coaches and people on sure. board to kind of help them uh, build good solid programs. You know, and yeah. I, I think that their programs are going to just obviously get stronger. But I think that. Uh, you know, it could be a lot of fun for people like in the future to, you know, say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and play overseas in, in Asia and uh, grow, be part of growing a, a sport out there. And you know, I'm sure you're you're definitely part of that uh, in the initial stages. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. For they're, sure. they're doing things the right way. They, they're definitely spending the money. The companies that own the the teams are, I mean, they're they're all in, you know, they're they want to. I mean, our owner was a was a guy who owned Xavio uh, Sports, which is a huge, huge um, uh, sports store company. They had mm-hmm. like sporting goods stores all over Asia, like mm-hmm. five hundred or something, like crazy. So, and he just loved hockey, and he just wanted to develop the sport because he was passionate about it, and 
Um, and it, it's great. They put the money in. They bring the guys over. They, they try and – when we were there in the playoffs, they brought over East Coast League referees. To, oh, to, nice. To ref, you know, to make it a little bit more professional, teach the other mm-hmm. referees in the league. And they're doing some 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 key things, I think. It, uh, you know, Korea's – I couldn't believe when we were there, the Korean teams weren't as – I mean, they were good, but that's because they had some of the best imports. But now mm. the, the Koreans have really um, caught up a lot as far as uh, being the top dog in Asia now. Like, they're, yeah, yeah, they're they're doing really good. It'll be interesting to see how it goes in the next uh, ten years or so. Yeah, it'd be fun to watch for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's jump back into uh, into Germany real quick before we get uh, into the other subject matter but uh you you spent quite a bit of time in in germany now i've spent i spent some time in germany i was there for a year and you know kind of going in and out uh you know over the course of the last few years just traveling through the country uh great great country um now what do you think is the biggest difference between the the dl and and the dl2 uh what would be one of the things you would have to say that would be different because I mean, you dominated uh, pretty much all the places you played. I mean, just looking through the numbers here, and uh, it just you know looks like you pretty much torched the opponents on a nightly basis. <laughs> but like, uh, what uh, what was the one of the biggest differences? Um, in that league, I mean, in the second league, we had we had the last four years, anyways. We had four imports. And uh, I think the DL is nine. So mm-hmm. that right there, you have a, a full line and um, and some defense or, or whatnot, depending of a, a higher level import. Usually, the the imports coming into the second league are you know East Coast, few games in the in the in the AHL, or you know some guys have decent amount of games in the AHL, but the guys coming in into the DL are typically NHL, AHL guys, you know, mm-hmm. a few games. Some guys have a decent, like a lot of games in the, in the NHL too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that right off the bat just makes the, the quality a little bit better, but the Germans have gotten a lot better too. Like the Germans are, are the top, top league Germans are really good hockey players. And yeah, for sure. It's just, uh, it's a, it's a little bit faster, a little bit bigger, I think mainly it's speed, size, obviously a little bit of skill, but there's a lot of guys in the second league that that have skill as well mm-hmm. um, on the top teams, top lines. Um, overall, it's I would say it's it's faster, bigger. They've played at that AHL, NHL level, and they they're a little grittier. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know maybe a little bit better coaching along the way. I don't know. They they know how to play the game, and their size and strength there is just overpowers the second league teams typically. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember a little bit about that too. When I was in Mannheim, we uh, yeah. we played. We actually played against. Uh, oh man, who was it there? Uh, what's the team there that they were affiliated with? Um, uh, in Mannheim was a Castle. No. Uh, another team that was close by there. Um, good question. Um, I'll think about it and I'll uh, I'll try to remember here. Um, oh, Halbron. Halbron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they sure. were affiliated with them there, and we played them an exhibition game. And yeah. I remember, you know, 
you could just see that we had more imports and you know, that, that made a big difference. We ended sure. up, it's funny, we ended up uh, losing the game, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, yeah, like you can, you can see, but uh, I will say yeah. this, I, yeah. I have known and seen a lot of players play uh, in the Dell too. And yeah. uh, I, I really think that there are some pretty good hockey players that are playing there uh, yeah. from the guys that I know. So, I mean, I don't think that the, the league quality is, I don't think that the import quality is, is bad there. I think it's, it's probably pretty good. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure yeah. the league has gotten better over the years that you've been in it. Um, but that just bodes well for the country as a whole, for sure. It's uh, yeah. I mean, when I played in Augsburg in the DEL, there was 11 or 12 imports at that time. Um, so the league was actually really, really good. And the, the money was pretty, pretty big. So they were pulling in some guys that now would maybe be going playing in the KHL and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so it dropped in, uh, and I think it was six imports in the second league at that time too. So it was actually okay. pre- it was pretty good uh, as an import level. But they dropped it, which is smart. I think they trying to develop their German players. Yeah, it's it's ultimately better for the country than the and the domestic leagues, right? To do that, sure. So. Yeah, but I think the Germans are definitely developed a lot though since I've been over here, and and uh, especially with skill and the coaching, they're putting a lot of money into this country too, and in, in certain uh, in certain organizations to develop from the from the bottom up. So I think it'll just keep getting better. For sure, for sure. So I guess let's uh, let's segue into the uh, into the next part here. Um, yeah. You know, I guess we'll let's well let's talk about. Uh, you had mentioned you had a six-game suspension that changed your life. Like what? To, what? What? Uh, what is that all about? Yeah. All right. Well, um, when I was playing in, in Beatingheim, I think it would have been my first year. We were in the second uh, second round of the playoffs, and a guy got me with his stick, kind of in between the legs, off the face-off. I didn't like it too much, so I kind of. As he skated away, tapped him back, you know, kind of like the same year Lucic did that in the playoffs, I think. <laughs> and he, he got a $2,500 fine, right? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, my, my suspension was six games. Um, so that wasn't too happy about it at the time, obviously. <laughs> I don't think it fit the crime as the guy went and scored a goal and assist after that. So I don't think he was too hurt, but uh, <laughs> obviously shouldn't have done it, but I got, I got, I was suspended for the rest of the, of the playoffs and we ended up losing in the, in the final series. And I uh, didn't feel so good about that mm-hmm. letting the team down. But um, when I was at one of our home games uh, after that, sitting in our physio room, um, we had uh, a sponsorship kind of a, a a co- uh, cooperation with a orthopedics company that wasn't too far away from our town and the head hockey um i guess administrator was was there and uh, so i started talking to him and i just asked him uh, do you guys do any business in, in north america because i've seen these products everywhere the company is uh, ortama sports protection mm-hmm. And I've seen, I mean, in Europe, in Germany specifically, in Russia, the products are everywhere. And um, I did a physiotherapy degree in in university, so I had a little bit of medical background and always thinking about what's next, you know, when you're getting older in hockey. So I asked them, asked them, what are you doing in North America with the company? You know, just sitting in randomly sitting in the in the same physio room together, and uh, so that started a conversation that led to uh, a meeting at the 
the head office there with the boss and everything. And, uh, um, and from there I went home and did some research on the market of what they had to sell and what I could possibly sell as they didn't have anybody in North America selling anything. So, mm-hmm. um, so the next year when I came back to Beatingheim, I actually started working with the company, um, more as a, uh, training, learning, um, how to build uh, knee braces because their their main product is a hundred percent mm-hmm. custom knee brace. Pretty, pretty incredible uh, system how they how they get it done. So uh, there's a lot of, of training, and I would go in there once a week and uh, meet the guys and and learn. And they have uh, NHL or not NHL, but uh, KHL hockey players coming in and out of there all the time. Um, they have their, it's a huge hospital plus, uh, orthopedic technic, um, mm-hmm. facility. So the guys come over and get their knees surgeries and then they come down and get a knee brace from us. Um, everybody in Germany, um, who gets, uh, a knee problem, knee issue, they come, they would go into Ortema and a lot of the guys are, are imports. So I would, I would be there to service them and talk to them and answer questions and, uh, help them out with their with the acquiring a knee brace. So I did that for three years and, um, and then decided to start my own company in North America, actually selling and distributing the Ortema products in North America. So from that, uh, from that little, uh, little slash or whatever you want to jab <laughs> yeah. between the legs, it, it actually <laughs> op- opened up some doors, uh, randomly so that I could, uh, um, kind of start the next step uh in life kind of you know and for sure it's it's uh, pretty exciting and uh i was now i'm not too upset that i that i got suspended <laughs> but um yeah no it's it's been fun and the the, the company Artema they um they've been for like the last 17 or 18 years they've been like the main uh provider for uh, sports protection at the world hockey championships every year too mm-hmm. um so I got a chance the last three years to go with them uh, first year in Prague and then in Russia. And then last year in uh, Paris, I was, and we're down at the, at the locker room level with all the players. And, and when guys get hurt, guys uh, break a finger or whatever. They, uh, they come to us and we, we help them out as much as we can. Um, last year was kind of cool. We had uh um Amika Rantanen from Colorado Avalanche having yeah, a good yeah. year this year, really good year. Um he plays for Team Finland and he had a small little MCL issue and he would have had to go home. He wouldn't he wouldn't have been able to play, but we had a a standard uh brace that we're that we've been trying out. Um it's normally our braces are custom, but we had mm-hmm. a we had a standard one. Actually it might have been uh um Dennis from from uh, Mannheim, the guy you played with. Yeah, Royal. Yeah, I think it might have been his leg that we used, but I'm not sure. And actually, it's a uh, big leg. Yeah, very, <laughs> very typical uh, um, hockey leg. Anyways, and it it fit it fit Mika almost perfect. Um, we just had to heat it up and mold it a tiny bit, and he ended up playing the rest of the tournament. They went to the was a semifinals or something, and he scored a bunch of points, and so. I'll, it's uh it's a it's kind of a cool experience that i've i've had so far from from you know getting involved with this company that sounds uh pretty awesome i mean you get to go down and be part of the world championships and 
seems well from that story you guys made a difference uh, really quickly yeah. by just having something on hand uh that's that's pretty interesting that you said you had to heat it up and mold it and i'm pretty familiar with the knee brace uh, technology i mean i've been wearing yeah. uh, a knee brace uh my entire career actually um really know, yeah oh yeah i have the uh but i'm you know i i have the north american version of it right. uh but yeah. uh the i'm i'm familiar with like the whole fitting process and getting it custom made and all that stuff but um you know i've seen the artema products and i i definitely use them uh, the uh the bunga pads and all that stuff the ones for your the lace bite yeah uh, i have those for sure um i appreciate the package that you sent over to me and i and i will probably start using those uh insoles yeah. uh straight away they look pretty comfy um yeah. But uh, I'm definitely familiar with uh, the Artema product, especially with being over in Germany, and so many of the guys were using them. Sure. Uh, so uh, yeah. they were always saying, and it's funny. I just had a guy come up to me today after seeing the post, uh, in the stories uh, yesterday. Yeah. yeah. He came up to me and said, "Hey, uh, how long did it take you to get that order?" And you know, I said, <laughs> yeah, "Not that long at all. Only a couple of days." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, because I just ordered mine." Uh, couple days ago so i'm like yeah you should probably get it uh, in the mail pretty soon so that was oh really pretty oh yeah oh yeah you ordered right from nortema yeah you ordered from from them so i gotta give them i gotta i gotta give them your contact maybe maybe get it quicker (laughs) yeah yeah cheaper too no yeah uh, i don't uh, i don't do anything in europe my my business is is north america but i do help out um Mm -hmm. I want to see the company grow. I think the products are really helpful and useful. And when guys, you know, see my Instagram or, or know me and, and want stuff, then I, I help facilitate that. And I, I, uh, coordinate the sales and packages and knee brace fittings and everything else. Um, so if anybody does need anything, they can contact me, no problem. And I, I, I don't get paid for it, but I, I'm happy to help because it's that's that's what you were doing this for is to help people and i think uh, these products create good value for sure for sure i think that that's a great strategy to and something that's really good to to go at it i mean it's it's like uh you're using like kindness basically and and like empathy towards the the other company that you want them to grow and you know by default it's going to help you and your business you know for I think that's it's a very ROI positive sort of thing to do. The more that I'm learning, you know, if you want to build something long term, uh, it's always better to to do it the right way, you know. So exactly, I think, uh, and you know, plus the better the company does over here, it just means that you know it's going to do better for you over there. So uh, why wouldn't you want it to do well, right? So that's a it's like a win-win scenario. So that's, that's obviously really great. A hundred percent. And I mean, you've probably noticed it too, being a hockey player, like in Germany, they have a saying, you know, you meet everybody twice in your life. So you never know um, who's going to refer you or know, you know, if there's someone in Sweden that likes my product and he's got a buddy on his team who's North American who, whatever, you just, you never know who, in business, in life, who you're going to meet or where you're going to run into another guy. So you always want to help out. And I'm, I'm not doing this because I'm making millions. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it's fun to help. I'm a hockey player. I, I've gone my life and, and uh, I want to. Uh, absolutely. That, that's 
I mean, that's great to, to hear you say that because uh, I think, you know, with that kind of mentality and that attitude, I think that it'll go um, well for you, you know, in the long run. And when you're done with, uh, with playing hockey, um, you, it's great that you've started to build something towards your future now uh, as opposed to just kind of being done and then saying, okay, what do I do now, right? And Exactly. Uh, it's a little – you know, how I've viewed uh, this whole thing that, that we're doing here with, uh, with shifted. I mean, I've been, yeah. I mean, I've kind of been humming and hawing and, and like uh, building towards this thing since like 2008. Okay. Uh, um, but uh, only in the last couple of years is we, have we really started to make a push. And then with this podcast, uh, which is getting some good, uh, some good reviews by people. Um, I think that I'm starting to, understand more of what to do and sure you know i'm definitely excited about where it could go but you know at the same time i love playing the game and and that's you know that's where your passion lies and uh that's it's what is putting food on the table for you right now so yeah uh the better we do at our day jobs is going to help us when we hustle you know at night uh you know because you you got to put that extra hustle in uh, later in the day when you have your downtime and it seems like you're always doing something more and something extra, yeah. uh, that's, you know, that's the time where, you know, you have to be on. So it's like, you, you're pretty much go, go, go all day long. So I, I am assuming that's, uh, kind of how you've been doing things for the last few, I guess, years now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the way it is, but that's, uh, uh, I, I've been, I mean, when I was 17, I had a plan in my life of what I wanted to do, you know, play junior, get a scholarship, go play pro hockey in Europe. And then after a few years of playing pro hockey in Europe, I was like, okay, what's the next step? And I was always kind of trying to wait and see. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I was thinking of going back to, to get my master's in physiotherapy, um, to become an actual physiotherapist in Canada mm -hmm. and move back and do that because uh, I mean, I, I love helping people out and that's, a, it's a fun job as well. I worked the summer at a chiropractic clinic back in and I really loved it. Um, but then that was the year um, where I got connected with Ortema. So then the physiotherapy medical side turned into kind of a, a passion for business um, as well. And uh, you know, being a, a non-business hmm. educated person kind of trying to learn the ropes of, of how to run uh, a one-man show with uh, doing everything, you know, the international um, ex importing, exporting, uh, you know, marketing, mm -hmm. pricing, finance, uh, everything that you, ha you got to learn is uh, it's, it's kind of sparked an interest in, in the business side more. And that's, uh, one reason why I started to to do an online MBA as well this year. Nice. So I, yeah, so I'm doing that as well. So I got the hockey, I got the pro sport protection, plus the schooling, and uh, and then trying to have a life outside of that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, good for you, man. That's a yeah. that's a lot. To, it's good ambition to have for sure. Uh, it just takes a lot of effort, but seeing as you know you're you're managing it and, and doing well and, and thriving it. I mean, it just shows that your work ethic is probably pretty strong and your passion for it is probably pretty strong because, 
you know, it's, yeah. it's very easy for people to want to do something and, you know, they like to do something, but it's a lot different when you got to execute against it. And especially in business now, um, you know, with the creation of social media, it, it, it gives us a greater reach and we can be exposed uh, to a lot more people and we can get our message out there. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people that are just siphoning through all the, uh, you know, all the things out there. And, you know, if, if you're not putting out the, the right content, the right message, it's easy to just be looked over. So exactly, it, people have too much to look at, right? So, like, you got to stand out in a particular way or you got to stand out by what you do and, um, you yeah. know, or have it. It's really, really important to have that network um, be really strong for you and then, you know, it, it can it can really help you and bring you to places that you you didn't think you'd you'd be. Just like the story you told of like being in that that yeah. chance encounter yeah. in the locker room, right? That's it. That's exactly it. And the more I've been doing this, I mean, I've only my business has only been open for uh, about a year and a half now, so it's 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 pretty fresh. But I've learned that uh, another example of that is in the summer we go. There's a uh, a kind of an, uh, an event where it's for the P hats and the Svem. I don't know if you know them. That's where, that's where I met, uh, Sokolowski yeah. there. Yeah. Maddie, Maddie. Yeah. yeah. He helped me recover from my yeah. uh, knee surgery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh great. What yeah. A, great guy. What a great guy. Really good guy. This is an, an event for all of the, uh, professional. Yes. Yeah. Physiotherapists and, and uh, trainers and Athletic equi- trainers, yeah. equipment managers. And, uh, uh, I have a friend there, um, who's a assistant physio for Vancouver Canucks, Dave Zarn, great guy. And he was mm. there and I was, it was our last day and I was about to go to bed. It was about 11 o'clock at night. And I, I was so tired. We we're flying out the next day and they were in like a, a hall of fame inductee meeting. They always have that um, for, for their organization. They induct somebody and their, their mm. meeting and dinner went late. It was about 11, 1130. And he, we were supposed to have a beer, you know, say hi before, Mm-hmm. Uh, before I left, and he he said, "Oh, it's eleven thirty. Dave, why don't you come down and have a beer?" And I was like, "I don't know. I'm I'm ready to go to bed." But I forced myself to do it because <laughs> uh, you don't see him very often. Went down there, and he was sitting with uh, the two um, the the physio and the equipment manager from Utica, which is their affiliate team. So mm. sat there and had a beer with these guys. Got to know them. And and that was it. I I left. Everything was you know normal uh, as always, and uh, maybe two months later or a month later, I sent um, Dustin a message who was the physio of Utica just to say hi, nice to meet you, you know, get, stay in contact. And he said, well, Dave, uh, I'm not with Utica anymore. I just got the job with St. Louis Blues. So just just from that uh, chance encounter with him. Now I have a, a customer with the St. Louis Blues who who buy my products and stuff, you know, and it's just those things that you you never know what's going to happen, and and fate has a way of of, of yeah. doing what it does, and, and it just teaches you don't 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 miss opportunities. You never know what what can happen from. It. I'm sure you've uh, been there and yeah. a lot about that too. Kindness, man. Honestly, it's kindness. Like yeah. you you beat someone and you have a, an interaction and they, you know, the, you set off a positive chain of events and, you know, if you didn't reach out to him, you know, you wouldn't have had that, you know, if you didn't care to reach back out to him and yeah. you wouldn't have had that interaction again. And then all of a sudden, you know, things are 
starting to go in the direction that you're, you'd hope they'd go. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just a very clear, you know, example of how kindness can definitely pay off for you in business as well. And I think it's a, it's a great strategy to employ when you're talking about business um, yeah. because, because it's not what people expect and it's not what people think, right? Like people think that you go into business and you, you create a product or you have a service and you just ram the marketing yeah. down people's throats <laughs> and you just, yeah. you just continuously say, sell, 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 yeah. like, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, yeah. buy my stuff. But to, you know, what's the first thing you do when you see one of those pop-up ads that's saying, buy my stuff, yeah. you just click, you click off of it and you say, no, I, I don't, I don't want this. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. So you build, you build your brand and you, you start to market it correctly. And, um, you know, you build your relationships with people and then, you know, you take those relationships and you, and you, you make them into something. And then honestly, you just got to, yeah, at some point, you know, you're going to have to get a lucky break here and there, but sure. if you put in the, the correct effort and the, the right strategies, like the, it'll pay off in the long run. It might not be, you know, today or tomorrow, but you know, one year from today or two months from now, you're going to, get a phone call saying, Hey, I want to buy your product. I remember you from uh, that PHAT conference in yeah. 2017. Yeah. Right. It's, so yeah, it's exactly how it goes. Uh, at that same conference, I uh, met uh, one of the guys that came by our booth was, uh, was, uh, was the physio from Laval uh, rockets. And mm-hmm. uh, he liked the stuff and I stayed in contact with him. And luckily enough, uh, the Montreal Canadians and them buy for the same team. So he got me in connection with, with Claude from Montreal and now they're my best customer. You know, it's, you just, it's, it's, you got to treat people the right way. And, and it's not just, uh, you know, that's, you got to learn how to, how to just be a good person and put yourself out there. And, uh, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's always the best policy in my eyes anyways. Absolutely. And, and it'll, it's, uh, you want to treat people the way you'd want to be treated, right? If you were the consumer, you're you're thinking like okay you know this guy is not very he's not aggressive he's not forward he's being nice to me so yeah. okay yeah. let me ask let me ask what it's all about right yeah. and then yeah. you know then you know you can give them some more information right so that's uh, that's pretty cool i like yeah. that i like that approach i think it's i think it's a very effective approach actually and i think it'll serve you well for a long long time um so yeah, yeah. so you do you have an actual physical store or do you just do online or how does it work? Um, as of now, it's, it's all online. I have an online shop, um, prosportprotection.com. So I have an online store. People can see the products I sell on Amazon. But uh, what I have is uh, a friend of mine owns a source of sports in Aurelia. And, um, and I just have all my products shipped to him. And then he ships uh, a products to where I need them to be shipped. So it's actually a, a really, really efficient system right now. Um, he's got enough room to, to hold enough product uh, for what I need. Um, and uh, and it, we work really, really good together. And I just send him an email of where it's going. And he's, uh, I mean, those kind of stores are always receiving and, and getting rid of packages all the time. So it actually works really good for him. And uh, when I'm home in the summer, I go and, and uh, organize things with him and do the, the trade shows and the, uh, 
meet with teams and that kind of stuff. And um, as of now, it's, I mean, we're not, like I said, we're not making millions of dollars right now. So uh, it's working um, pretty good now um, when, when things maybe hopefully uh, get bigger, we'll have to, we'll tackle that when it gets there, but there's always options now with, with drop shipping and different, different ways. To, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, this is, is taking a good turn. I like this. We're getting to more of a business approach. I think it's kind of cool because I, I, it's a little bit of backstory. I took uh, the whole year. Well, 2016, we kind of, we launched uh, our, you know, our, our company here, yeah. like to the public. And uh, um, we were very focused on getting some people and initial clients and I wanted to test it and I wanted to make sure that it was a viable thing, like our business model. Right. Uh, we, we do like video analysis for, for youth hockey players okay. um, with, uh, with our, uh, with our coaches. Uh, they're all, you know, professional players, either, either yeah. currently playing or just, you know, just recently finished playing. So, yeah. and it worked really well And the first year was tremendous and we had so much, uh, good, um, good reviews. And we had a lot of people that were on it that really liked it. And, you know, we moved into the second year and we didn't focus so much on sales. Uh, I, uh, we still had some, some people, we had some teams that we, you know, continued to work with, which was, which was awesome. But, uh, I, I took a step back and said 2017, the whole year I focused just on, uh, understanding what business really was now, like yeah. not what, not what I had learned about, uh, before, but what was it actually now? And, you know, I wor I worked on like branding and like yeah. what that meant and like how, how it actually works in, in the background and like what it means to run a Facebook ad and what it means to, you know, to do all these things and what, why the creative matters and yeah. why, why the hashtags matter. And those things are really, really super important uh, because, you know, each, each different social platform tells a different story. And when you realize those things, your the business and the brand starts to, starts to take off uh, in, in, you know, in ways that, you know, you didn't expect for yeah. them to. Yeah. And, it was really, really good and really eye-opening, to be honest, uh, in how doing what I was doing, uh, learning to do it better, right? And that's sure. how I came upon, you know, starting this podcast up was, I just think it's a great way to, you know, biz dev and, and create some awareness for, for people or athletes or ourselves and yeah. just to just to, you know, put people on a little bit and then, you know, use it to create awareness for, for people, you know, hockey players and, and try to build their brands up too and, and try to get guys to, to understand that their personal brands are super important, uh, whether they like to see that or not. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really important to, to, to build up your network uh, because you know this, uh, as yeah. athletes, we can't play uh, forever yeah. and we at least not at a high professional level um so we're we just it's just the nature of what we do um you know athletes probably have it the worst because we work our entire lives to do one thing and then yeah. we make it and we're doing well and we're doing well and then you know it's just it's just the nature of how things work yeah. uh, our bodies just you know we can't physically perform at that level or yeah. you know or people just think that we can't perform at that level and then we don't get those opportunities anymore. So it's just kind of a, a tough thing, but 
there's good news is that there's so much of life uh, to look forward to. And, you know, these kind of things, like whether it's starting this online shop, right, that you got going on yeah. and, and yeah. taking advantage of these things, like the, it's super, super important. So, you know, like what, what are some of the best business strategies that you've learned? Like what, what kind of stuff are you guys doing right now that's, uh, that you think is really important? Like when, where do you see 2018 bringing you guys? Um, I've kind of, uh, I, I listen to another, I listen to a lot of other podcasts and, and one specifically Tim Ferriss. And I think he's a pretty, mm. pretty smart guy and he, he can add a lot of value if you're, if you're questioning the world and, and different things. And he had a guy on there and he, uh, and he said something that kind of has, has kind of really, really said in a small and efficient way, what I've kind of learned over the last few uh, years months is uh like practice leads to skills and skills lead to goals and to me that means you know like i just started learning things i went on on youtube and i i took uh, a facebook advertising tutorial or i went on on youtube and i learned how to do google adwords or mm-hmm. uh or just going on excel and learning how that works or um different different things if if you learn certain things just go out there and learn something it actually might give you once you have a skill to do something you kind of you see in a different light you can have more ideas and it actually can give you more more goals in life of new things you never even knew you could do like i uh i i I do some photoshop stuff and it kind of it really sparked an interest in like design and and uh, uh, logo building and whatever else. And I never mm. thought in a million years I would ever be able to do something like that. Um, so I think I've just been trying to learn as much as possible about all aspects of, of business, whether it's the marketing with the, with the Google AdWords and, um, and uh, you know, kind of re- refining websites and learning what the best uh, wording and the best – uh, artwork and the best um, business policies you know every day uh, now you have to have free shipping and free returns and why are these companies uh, you know why is one company better than the other company and um, for me I, I, I it's tough because I'm not there if, if I was there I would be going to the teams and I'd be doing a lot of more legwork um, and that's there's nothing really as far as sales that, that beats uh, going door to door, so to speak, if you're going rink mm-hmm. to rink or locker room to locker room. And I can't do that. So um, I have to do everything online, word of mouth, um, digital, Google, whatever, to try and get people to see actually. DM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to notice that, that I exist because um the product is really good it's you know a german made product and i haven't had one return yet for anything that i've sold um people it's a good good product but you need to i know that but i got to yeah. somehow let the world know that that even though it's something you don't know that can add value to your life and and whatnot so um well the the products the products are kick ass like i i've used them for a few years now like being in europe ever since i got to germany i've used ortema and before before then you know we were using whatever brand was in the states and it was the you know the the skin color like the the nude tone ones right i don't know who makes those 
Um, but uh, those just were the ones that we had. And then we come over here and you get the nice black ones and, you know, they see our tame on it. They're pretty cool. And yeah. they come in a nice packaging. And, you know, if yeah. people are looking and they want to see some more of that stuff, go uh, over to your website and check that out, mm-hmm. uh, Um But, uh, yeah, like you, you sent me over a nice package uh, of stuff. Uh, like I said, I appreciate that with uh, – some of the different options of like, well, I call them bunga pads, but what would you, what would you guys call them? Like what's the proper technical name for this? Um, we just call them like lace, but I call them lace bite sleeves cause they're not mm-hmm. really socks cause there's no toe on them. They're it's, mm-hmm. it's more or less a sleeve with a, a different shaped uh, integrated gel pad on it. And we have a lot of different gel uh, formations to, to yeah, so what different ones. So, what what uh, what is the difference? I noticed that you had I got four different ones, right? And I've I've just been accustomed to the front one and yeah. the two and the side ones. But yeah. what are the uh, what's the other two in there? The donut, the donut is pretty cool. I mean, I'm familiar with with putting a, a donut in there, but I've never seen it actually built yeah. into that sleeve. And then there's yeah. the the one with the two pretty hard. Uh, it's almost like little glue sticks up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the donut one was. It came from actually, I, I it was my creation. I I, uh, I designed it and came up with the idea. And um, yeah, I was looking across the locker room and one of my teammates in beating Hive, and he's shoving this huge monster foam pad into his into his skate <laughs> that has a, it's a donut shape, right? And I thought, well, you know, why don't we try and put that on sleeve and maybe it can solve the same problem and. Uh, and the idea with that was to do exactly that, you know, like a lot of with lace bite, you're pushing more pressure on the injury, which is in all other uh, medical um, afflictions or injuries, you don't put more pressure on the part that hurts. So the donut mm-hmm. is supposed to put the pressure on the outside and allow the actual tendon uh, injury site to heal or to be mm-hmm. free from pressure. So, that one was actually, uh, uh, it's actually done really well. And it's people have really found other uses for it too. Uh, we had, uh, the Winnipeg jets, uh, physio says a lot of the guys are using them on their elbows. Yeah. I was going to say that probably would be useful on the elbow. Actually. It works really good. And guys get, you know, you probably have them. I have them. You get all these little bone fragments floating around in your elbow from you. Oh ago. yeah. From falling and yeah. terrible elbow pads yeah. and, exactly and this does the same thing it kind of it, it uh, surrounds your your elbow and uh, gives a little bit of, of support so that you don't crush your elbows into the boards or ice when your elbow pads uh, inevitably flip and turn on you um but then the other one is uh we're calling the the Socko sleeve after yeah. after your buddy uh, matt uh, damn, yeah yeah uh, he was a great guy and I met him at the world championships in Paris this year. He was the physio there and sat down with him and Rob from, from the Winnipeg jets and talked shop kind of thing. What do you guys need? What do you want? What do you guys do for lace bite? And all the NHL physios, what they do for lace bite, like a really heavy lace bite is they get two felt strips or two gel strips parallel, just like what you see on that sock. Yeah. And they put them on either side of the tendons that run down the front of your ankle and mm-hmm. then they have to they pre-wrap it around. So every day, these trainers or physios have to physically do this to these players every day. And yeah. They're sick of it, and they don't want to do it. And uh, so I said, yeah, sure. How about we put one on a gel or on a, on a sleeve and, and see if it works. So that, uh, the Socko sleeve comes from that. And 
um it's a fairly new product but it's getting pretty good reviews too yeah that's pretty cool i mean i like that one uh, i've definitely seen all those like the donut and then the two the two strips on the tendon there uh, yeah. i've seen that before as well um yeah so it's pretty pretty cool uh to see that you you know just put them in that sleeve and you know here you go there you go yeah. it's just just yeah. put them on you don't need to go and see anybody you just gonna you know prepare yourself for the game right it's, it's just uh, everyone uh, is busy before hockey game physios and players and it's easier for everyone yeah it does come in a nice box too so you can pack it up in your hockey bag and uh, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't you know get it's damaged you know it's really funny uh gotta be honest Totally honest. Uh, yeah. I got. I have one of those, the the plastic cases yeah, that they yeah. come in, right? I've <laughs> yeah. had one since Germany uh, that I got my original ones in, and they're so good. Like I still have the the Ortema, those those old sleeves. Like I still have those because, I mean, you know, trying to get them from teams yeah. is not as easy. But now that I know you, it's yeah. it's going to be way easier, right? But but uh, yeah, those those uh the case is actually my uh my watch holder when i travel yeah. so i put my i put my watches in there yeah. and it keeps them nice keeps them safe and i'm very happy to have those things yeah. so it's yeah. if you if you need another uh, business you can be in the watch business as yeah. well yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea those boxes are great they they're so and i've heard that story from a ton of guys too that they do the same thing uh, they keep the box for whatever reason, and and it's it's practical for the for whenever you have the lace bite sleeves, and and even after their life too. Yeah, it's cool. It's uh, functional all the way around. Yeah. So, would those be your best sellers then? The the lace bite sleeves, or do you the core stability shorts or the insoles? Like, do you do you a lot of those as well? Other uh, than the knee braces. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the the lace bite sleeves are, are probably my best right now with with uh, pro teams and online. Um, the shorts are, are kind of new. There, we just we've been tinkering with them to try and get them perfect, and uh, I think we have them where we want to have them now. So um, I'm gonna make it a little bit more of a push to uh, sell them because I didn't I didn't even have enough um, <laughs> in in Canada really. Um, I'm, I need to, I, I have to send some more to, to Montreal. I just finally got some in Canada. So, um, I think they're going to fit compared to other products. I don't know if you've worn, uh, where, I don't know if the trademark, if we're allowed to actually say core shorts or not, we, we call them uh, power shorts, but they are for, for core and hip stability. But do you, have you ever worn? shorts like that yeah i had uh i had some by uh i think it was rbk and then and then it was the brand was core short i think yeah yeah it was that was the original one the core short and yeah. then because uh, i used to get my groins wrapped uh like you know if you had a groin issue like back in the day like you'd stand on a piece of ta- uh, tape roll and then you yeah. know have the leg bent and you get your trainer <laughs> to wrap it real tight and it'd yeah. feel really aggressively uh uncomfortable in your you know in your hips and your groin and then you know they they found these uh found these things and they they helped uh they helped a little bit and they they made it super super tight in there and i know guys that literally will not play without these things (laughs) you know like these things are 
they are so important to guys that like if they don't have them they're just like what is happening right like yeah. they, they could forget any other piece of equipment but they, if they don't have these core shorts yeah. or or sorry these these shorts that have wrapping in them the power shorts yeah. uh, they yeah. they're just they're just set off so i mean i know how important these things are to to guys yeah, they, I mean, nothing's going to prevent or, or 100% protect you from, from a hip or a groin injury. The, the, we don't, no one's going to claim that that's going to work. But just like when you tape uh, your wrist or you tape something else, it does offer a little bit of support to the muscles that are working so hard. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I never wore them before either, to be honest. I always wore just a normal compression short, but nothing uh, that had like the, the X tensile strength, mm-hmm. like the like the core short does, and I started wearing them, and I I'm on the same boat as those guys you're talking about. I don't know if I could wear uh, the normal mm-hmm. compression short anymore. They just feel so good. They're they're tight, and uh, these ones that we have now, it has a little bit better fit. I think some of the other products had too much material in the crotch area, and mm-hmm. the, I don't know if you noticed that the jocks would float around a little bit. You're protected. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's almost more scary than uh, than not wearing <laughs> yeah. the shorts, right? Oh, yeah. When you're especially when you're defense, when you got people firing pucks at you. But um, yeah, um, these ones fit a little tighter, so the jock fits uh, a lot more snug, and um, we're pretty happy how they came out. They're made in Germany as well, so um, yeah. And German-made products are all pretty awesome, you know. <laughs> like I think. Yeah, any anything made in Germany is pretty cool. I think it's a it's it's the whole country though is like that. They do everything the right way. It's yeah, you know, they're so efficient. They're pretty, uh, they're very smart, and they do. They're just a step ahead of everyone. Uh, like when it comes to designing that kind of stuff and how efficient yeah. they work, right? Like you can just see that. Um, yeah. So it's pretty pretty cool to, to see all that stuff. A great country, but uh, have you had any other? Uh, injuries or, or things that have bothered you in your career well i've uh i've had knee surgery twice uh, meniscus so i wear and I, I had mcl on the other one so i actually yeah. wear the same brace on both knees um and uh yeah uh, lace bite here and there i've broken both my collarbones oh man uh <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah they uh that sucked those are actually those are brutal because you can't even bend over to like spit the toothpaste out of your mouth when you're brushing <laughs> your teeth. It's miserable. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You can't find a comfortable place to sleep. Yeah. Um, I had a rib yeah. injury one time too. That was also horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Those just just not fun. Just just not fun. It's, injuries it's, injuries suck. But they, you know it just it's kind of you know just part of the game. I think you have to understand that that's just the nature of what we do we play a contact sport collision sport and yeah. and a, a lot of it like a lot of the the little injuries that guys have are are little nagging things to be honest like yeah like honestly i don't know if anybody out there has really felt what lace bite feels <laughs> like but it is a horrible horrible feeling yeah that is almost crippling like it yeah. is so bad that like you it's basically like I don't know how guys play really play through it if they if they don't do anything about it. I yeah. really don't know how they could possibly do it. Hundred percent. There's uh there was a guy last year, I think it was in the second league we played against that that had to stop playing. Like he his his job was to play hockey for money and he had to stop hmm. playing because of lace bite. And it's just hmm. it's crazy to think about it because it's just it is a nagging thing. 
that if left un untreated uh, can turn into something that gets you out of the game you know like if you yeah i just came i'm just coming back now um from a broken jaw um but oh. you can understand not playing a hockey game because you have a broken jaw but how do you explain to the fans or the or the owners if you're if you have a a sore tendon you know what i mean it's yeah <laughs> you try having that like you know yeah. that's it it's terrible it's it's a bad bad injury but it i mean i don't know if anything takes it away a hundred percent but the things that we have there are ways to treat it and make it manageable and there's ways to to prevent it too like some of our stuff you wear before you get it if you know you get it uh wear, yeah. it, wear it when you get your new pair of skates you know that kind of stuff and you can yeah i'm a prevent it i'm a big subscriber to the prevention method uh i'm very big on on like the prehab and all that stuff and i actually learned quite a bit from from matt from sokolowski back in yeah. um, like the colorado days but yep. uh you know because they were very big on like all that stuff core activation so sure i learned a, a tremendous amount from from them being in that organization for three years yeah. uh but uh yeah i can definitely see how that would work um yeah so where uh where next like what do you see for you guys or for your future here in, in uh with respect to the business and uh what do you hope for uh in the next year and then you know is there anything that you know you might want to leave us with here as like a you know something like a call to action or something like that you know right hook uh, yeah <laughs> uh well i'm uh the right now i'm we're getting into playoffs so for for hockey we got to focus on that so another module school starts soon here in february and uh for the business uh just keep uh trying to get better and trying to find ways to you know like to get the word out and and this i can't thank you enough for for talking to me because this is a huge uh platform that you've built here um to do that for me and uh uh, especially with somebody who who has used the product and knows the 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 benefits of it so that uh hits it home a little bit more um not trying to blow smoke uh <laughs> that that's a good that's a that helps no me but a it's lot. true i really have used it and I, yeah. i've used it for a number of years and there, there it is really good stuff so yeah yeah so trying to trying to find other uh avenues and other other sources to to keep spreading that message and and I'm actually trying to trying to grow my product line a bit more too, not just the self or Tama, but I'm trying to find some other um, good German products or things that can uh, are kind of in the same the same um, direction with uh, either preventing injury or helping injury. Um, I'm talking to uh, Blackroll. Do you know the company Blackroll that does the foam rollers? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just at the ISPO show in, in Munich, and I ran into their booth there. And uh, we, <laughs> we've been using their stuff over in Germany for years, and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. F funny story real quick about the foam yeah. rollers. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in Colorado and, and with their organization, we had this guy, yeah. Ben Gite, he, uh, yeah. he, he made his own foam roller one time, yeah. and, and it was great. You know, it was a yeah. piece of PVC. PVC yeah. pipe, right? Yeah. And he just wrote, he just wrapped some styrofoam or, or whatever, yeah. you know, around it and, and taped it up. And I, and I was like, yeah. this is, this is amazing. So yeah. this was back in 2006 or something. And this is before like yeah. 
any of like the foam rolling stuff came sure. out. Like like nobody knew what the heck these things were. Yeah. And even when he was using it, people were like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> right? Like it, it, it like yeah. it doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's uh it's still six here now, right? So like yeah. it's 2018 now, so that's 12 years. But um, yeah. so I went home and that summer. Uh, I said to myself, I'm just going to make a whole bunch. Like my, my brother-in-law works in construction. I have a lot of people that work in construction or, and and he, uh, he actually does uh, city sewer lines. So he brought me like an absurd amount of PVC pipe, like an absurd amount. And so I just, I just went to work and I started wrapping these things with, uh, with yoga mat. And I started customizing (laughs) it for people with, uh, with their thickness, yeah. if they wanted one, two or three mats. And I just yeah. started making them for like everyone around me. And then, you know, I was like, oh, man, I should start, I should start selling these things. And yeah. then by that time, the, you know, the season was just about to start. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't do this. But I, I brought like five of them with me and I gave them to some of the guys and they all loved it. Yeah. And then, so we were just using it and I still have them at home really? and I still use them. But uh, That's my, cool. it's funny because my brother-in-law actually just, he just uh, told me this like maybe a few months ago. He's like, man, you, you know, like now everyone's using foam rollers, you know, I, yeah. I, he's like, I was telling my friend, you know, like my, my brother-in-law was making these things back when nobody knew what they were. Yeah. And, and if I hadn't seen someone else make them, I would have had no idea what these things were either. But, yeah. um, you know, so like, it's definitely fun to, to create new products. So, I mean, I'm very interested to see what you guys are going to be bringing to the table and hopefully I can, uh, you know, help you out in any way. If you think that we can help in any way, uh, please feel free to use us and our platform and, you know, our connections and, and, you know, like the hockey world is a small world. So, you know, chances are, um, we know somebody or, you know, somebody that uh, we might need and, vice versa so that might be that might be great that's a hundred percent let's do that and uh yeah really uh really impressed with what you're doing here it's uh everything from the content to the to the i mean you everyone's got to check you out on uh on linkedin too you got a lot of a lot of uh valuable things to say on there um i love i appreciate that your your artwork and your graphics the logos everything like you you seems to be doing you're doing everything the right way and um really adding value to the hockey world young and old it's it's uh, it's really cool to see and i really appreciate you having me on here thank you very much i appreciate that and uh we're we're really happy that uh you were able to join us and we'd love to have you back on uh you know maybe after that uh conference and see uh, uh you know see how things have been progressing and uh that'd be great to get the the listeners a little bit of a, an update on what you guys got going on that would be perfect anytime always available perfect that sounds great well good luck with the rest of the season and uh we'll stay in contact here and you know we can we can talk a little bit more uh offline but uh yeah we really appreciate you joining the show and uh we'll look forward to having you on again well thanks a lot good luck to you the rest of the way and uh yeah keep in touch all right dave thanks a lot thanks again thanks yep okay bye bye Thanks, Dave, for coming on to the show today and for talking about your story. It's great for the listeners to hear your perspective on your hockey playing career and then how you've been able to build something simultaneously towards your future. I think that it's great for people to get some awareness to what you're doing 
not only just for the business, but to show that athletes and hockey players are people too, and we always need to be conscious of where we're going to and what we're doing for our future. I think this has been a great episode showing that, and good luck to you, Dave, in the process of building this new business and continuing to play at a very high level of hockey. And if you guys want to get some more information, uh, please visit uh, www.prosportprotection.com or check them out on Instagram at pro underscore sport underscore protection. We appreciate you being on the show, Dave, and we'll stay in touch and we'll keep connected uh, through this social world that we're living in uh, that's giving us the ability to reach and stay connected with people from all over the world. If you like today's episode and you think that someone else might find it useful, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating. The rating will help other people be able to find it a lot easier and help us spread the word to some of your friends. If you have more questions or more segments that you'd like to see, please leave us a message on any social platform at Shifted Hockey and we'll do our best to create some content that might bring you some value. Until next time, this has been Mike and have a great day. 